0: This is episode number 25 with professional football player Mike Weich. Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 20 year old author and host of this podcast. Each week, it is my goal to bring you empowering people and messages to help you lay out an action plan. To learn anything, take control of your life and fulfill your vision of success. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome to the show today, my friends. Today we have a special guest, Mike Weich in the house. Mike Weich is a professional football player. He has received scholarship offers from University of Southern California, USC, a storied football program, the University of Miami, where he ended up going to play, and many other programs. He went on to play for the Green Bay Packers in the National Football League for a short period of time as well. Now, he is into inspiring others through speaking. He is a strength and conditioning coach and is dedicated to numerous charitable causes. Life and success never really came easy for Mike though. He grew up in a very poverty stricken area where he had to carry a gun on him at all times. It was the norm where he lives, carrying a gun on you. He brought a gun to school all the time because it was normal. You had to protect yourself. He told his third grade teacher one day that he wanted to be a football player when he grew up, but the teacher told him that he would either be in jail or dead. And on top of all that, He battled homelessness as his mother was a drug addict and his father was sentenced to 40 years in prison at a very young age. But in this episode, we discuss how decisions shape your future and that many things in life are a choice. We discuss the turning point and what distinguishes those who stay stuck in the loop of social norms versus those who rise above circumstance, and take control of their lives, as Mike did. He is also a subscriber to the mentality of no grind, no shine. And we talk about some of the great football players he had the pleasure to play with and against that embodied this no grind, no shine mentality. He says that hard work really does pay off, and he is evidence of that himself. And now it's time for the review of the week. This one comes from Steve Jordan, my mentor and a guest who's been on this show many times. I picked my mentor today because Mike Weich talks about a mentor that changed his life. So why not talk about the mentor that changed my life and the review he left on Apple Podcasts. I've known Jordan for most, if not all, of his life. I've had the great opportunity to mentor him, befriend him, and share my business with him. This eager entrepreneur is all about growth. His dedication to help his listeners to expand and grow in meaningful ways is crystal clear in this podcast. This podcast is a must for you. Keep being outstanding, Jordan. You freaking rock. Thanks so much for that review, Steve. And if you would like to leave a review yourself for a chance to be shouted out on the podcast, you can do that. In Apple Podcasts, just go to the search tab, type in Growth Mindset University, scroll to the bottom, and leave a review. These reviews really help us grow, my friends. Not only can we be found easier with more reviews, but it really helps us to produce a better podcast. When you say, honestly, you do this and this very well, but I think you could do a little better on this, or I have an idea about this. That really helps us, guys, so if you could leave that review in Apple Podcasts, it would be much appreciated, and I look forward to hearing your thoughts in the reviews. Thanks in advance. And this episode is brought to you by Growth Mindset University, the book. This book is available on Amazon, and people are loving this book. Plenty of five-star reviews. It's all about thinking better to live better, guys, taking control of your life. Not just making a living, but designing a life not just going with the flow but consciously seeking to direct the flow in order to fulfill your vision of success and live with more joy and fulfillment. Writing this book was the joy of my life and I know you'll feel that joy on every single page. To get this book, you can go to the official book website at growth-mindset-book.com or you can get it on Amazon by typing in Growth Mindset University and you can have it in your hands within two days. How great is that? And now without further ado, here is the former drug dealer turned hope dealer, the professional football player, Mike White. Okay, Mike White, welcome to Growth Mindset University, the former drug dealer turned hope hope dealer, and professional athlete. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for having me. Of course, my pleasure. And so right away, uh, I want to know your why, your purpose, your cause or belief for why you do what you do and the causes that you're involved in right now. Um, what is your why for for how you sort of picked yourself up? You, you were down early in your life, but not necessarily out. What was your Purpose, cause, or belief that pulled you through.
1: Well, for one, you you the to be to to come up in my area, you have to you have to be strong, or else you you're gonna is you you're gonna be a recipe of disaster, you know. So um, you have to have fight. You 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 learn how to fight at a really young age. You learn you learn about fighting before you even learn about reading. You learn about fighting mm-hmm. before you even learn about writing. You learn about fighting before you even learn about, you know, the principles on how to succeed. So uh so fighting is something that we learn first, whether it was physical or whether it was just mental. We learn fighting first. So um you know growing up I lived in a very poverty stricken area, you know, uh full of dope, full of prostitution, full of gang violence, gun violence you know, things of that nature. Uh, We just, it was always survival mode for us. It was always survival mode for us. You had to take a gun down the street because you never know who was going to come up on you or roll up on you. You was always in survival mode. So, um, I wanted a way out. Uh, and uh, This guy named Alexander offered me a way out. A way out of uh, Virginia, a way out of You know, being in poverty, uh, just a way out of getting in trouble. But that took me meeting him. It took me going to jail. Mm. So uh, while I was in jail, I met Alexander, and Alexander told me, "Hey, look, I think you could be a very good athlete." And you know, I never liked sports. I, I I played basketball. I played pickup games, you know, and stuff like that. You know, but I've never never tried to play football ever, you know. Right. And so uh, me and him talked every day, every single day, and know, uh, we became close, you know, and, and I don't get close to anybody, honestly. Uh, but we became close because, you know, we had similar backgrounds and uh, he he showed me a way out and I listened to him and I was able to go to high school. I was I was finally able to go to public school because I was wow. never in public school because, because of my behavior problems and and uh, you know not going to school, uh, so I had to graduate out of alternative school first.
0: Yeah, how old were you when you went to jail? You mentioned
1: I was thirteen, fourteen. Wow, dude,
0: that's crazy. That's crazy. So, I wanted to talk about growing up. You were labeled a problem child you had a you were labeled people said you had a temper you went to 13 different schools including uh, a bunch of different you know alternative schools for behavioral problems your mother was a drug addict your father was sentenced to 40 years in prison and you battled homelessness and then eventually your mother died and it's just that's just a lot man you got the whole kitchen sink and more just thrown at you right down, but not necessarily out. How did you, how do you, what is that like, man, growing up like that? I mean, my childhood was, I'll be quite transparent, the exact opposite of that. I was, I was a bit privileged, right? What is that like, man, growing up like
1: that? Uh, Well, every day you wake up, you know, uh, you wake up angry, you know, and okay. because, first of all, you, you, you might not, know if your lights are going to be off or you might not have no hot water to take a bath or you might have to wear the same shoes and same clothes to school every single day. You know, you got people joking you and that causes you to get violent also. So growing up, seeing my mother, uh, you know, use drugs, abuse drugs, and uh, also she was dealing drugs. So I seen my mother do the best of both worlds. My father was uh, a drug dealer himself. Actually, my mother and father met. How they met was my father ran to my mother's house running from the cops. Wow. That's how they met. <laughs> what a love story, right?
0: Yeah, that's
1: crazy. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you know, and you know, growing up, growing up there, man, you know, it's it's, it's rough, you know, and uh, you know, it, it was a few times I had to, you know. Well, not a few times. I I probably got in more shootouts than the Navy SEALs.
0: Oh you man, know, uh, I was just gonna ask how many times do you think you've been shot at. That was one of my questions.
1: Well, hundreds of times. Yeah. Uh, I actually I actually have gun graze wounds on my body. You know from you know it, it didn't quite go through my skin, but it grazed my forehead and it grazed my my arm. You know, just just being out in the streets, man. You uh, you like I said, you always in survival mode. You know, and uh, it's just it's tough. It comes, and 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 my and my whole goal is to, you know, encourage these kids that was in my boat, you know, that was homeless, that was sleeping in parks, that uh, mother was on drugs, then come back in the house to the, the next day, like twelve, you know, leaving you in the house, you know, uh, it, it, it's a lonely, dark place. It's a lonely, dark place. And you got to be a very, very strong individual to come out of that. And most of the kids aren't strong. Mm. So they end up staying there. I was just one of the lucky ones, you know, and I was built that I was built with a certain toughness to, to come up out of that. But I always been tough like that.
0: Right. I heard, I think in one of your previous interviews, maybe it was the one where you had, Gotten an offer from uh, USC, I believe, University of Southern California, to play football, and you said, I you said in there that a third grade teacher once told you when you said you wanted to be a football player that you would either be dead or in jail.
1: Is that correct? That's correct. That's very correct. She told me that I. She told me that I was going to be dead or in jail, which I didn't. I didn't blame her opinion because. I was a knucklehead, <laughs> you know. I was a knucklehead. I was, you know, in the streets real bad. Uh, I I brought a gun to school every day. No way. Yeah, yeah I, I always had a gun in my book bag because I didn't want to, you know, shoot up the school or nothing like that. no nah, I won't own that, but I was. It was it was about survival, getting off the bus, you know, you know, uh, you so, know, somebody might come, somebody might come hit you up, as we'll say, you know, uh, so. You know, we 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 always brought guns to school. You know, for our safety purposes. After we leave school,
0: it was I, like I, a social I, norm to bring to carry a gun with you.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was part of my wardrobe. You know, you mm. uh, know, and and I had to learn that when you don't have nobody to teach you, you know, hey man, you shouldn't do that, or you 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 tend to make mistakes. You know, so so uh, I caught a gun charge and uh that kind of you know turned my life around and uh yeah man just it it was tough man (laughs) it was tough you know and like i said it takes a very strong-minded person to come out of that you know i was blessed to go over to california and uh play i became the number one junior college football player in america you know in junior college and uh I never knew that I was going to be that good in football, you know, because my I, I didn't have no plans on playing football. My 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 mindset was sell dope, go to jail, and die, you know, because the superstars to us was the football – not the football players, excuse me. The superstars to us was the drug dealers. I looked up the Pablo Escobar and, wow. and, uh, and, and Freeway Rick Ross. I actually met Freeway Rick Ross when I was – in California, he actually made sure he's a motivational speaker now he doesn't do that yeah. i I actually met him at a um when i was when I was a bouncer at a club, I was playing football to make money over in California, and I was bouncing that night, so I rarely got any sleep because I needed money in my pocket. you know I was way across the nation. I didn't have my mother, I didn't have my father my grandparents did the best that they could by me. And, you know, but for the most part, I had to get it by myself, you know, so.
0: So the mindset was sell dope, go to jail and die, right? That was the sort of. Oh, no question. That was the, that was the norm. That was really the vision. You know, it was tough to see outside of that. What was the turning point? What caused you to, what, what opened your eyes to maybe see a little bit further than sell dope go to jail and die because so many people are stuck they 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 say they're quote stuck right in their lives like all they see is is you know it might not be sell dope go to jail and die but it might be something along those lines right like they they're very narrow they're very nearsighted right Mm -hmm. yeah so what what was the turning point there what opened your eyes
1: and like i said the turning point was when i got in the shootout one night and uh i if I wouldn't have never turned my head, the bullet would have went straight through my head. We was both shooting at each other, you know, just to norm and in off of, you know, two people having an altercation, shooting at each other. And, uh, and, you know, he was trying to rob me, you know, and uh, he tried to shoot me in the head, but I turned my head and in a split second, the bullet just grazed my forehead, you know. And uh, that was a turning point, like, man, I need to stop. And then around that time, Around that time, I had met Alexander. Anyway, so you know, so uh, Alexander was kind of turning my head from that and 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 making me work out. And uh, he made he, he was like a big brother to me. He, he made me feel love. You'll be surprised how many kids I do better just by hearing "I love you."
0: I was going to ask you about that. I want to talk about that a lot.
1: Yeah, I love you. I care about you. I see potential in you. What's the importance of that? Man, that's very important because some people, some of these kids don't feel love. Some of these parents, you got children having children now. You have children having children now. Like, and where I'm from, your mother, your mother might have you at 14. Your mother might have you at 16. You know that that's the norm where I live at. You know, you got children having children now.
0: Yeah. What was what was the lowest point for you in your growing up? What was What's like the worst memory that you have that stands out?
1: When my mother died, when I found out my mother died, and I had, well, I had, no, when I had to go and pull my mother off the life support machine, it was my decision. That was the the most, the lowest point in my life. Mm -hmm. And then right after that, I lost my nephew. He was like my little brother. He was like, Everything. We was more like brothers cause we were so close in age, but he was my nephew. And uh he lost he he lost his life by um uh, a guy playing with a gun in the house and shot him in the head. Really? Yeah, that was my that that was one of my lowest points too. I was actually in Green Bay with the Packers at that time. Yeah, I got that phone call right before I had to go on the field for Dominican. mm.
0: You know what i you just kind of re- reminded me something opened something up in me. I remember my first kiss um you know when i was when I was in uh, seventh grade she um you know her name was Kayla, and you know she had she actually had a similar sort of upbringing you know father went to jail, mother drug addict also in jail and um actually she ended up you know she was bouncing between homes battling homelessness and whatnot. And she uh, ended up, I believe, in either Maryland or Virginia, where um, it, you're kind of like, the setting that, you're, that you've been describing is really reminding me of this setting I've drawn up in my head. She uh, she was in this abusive relationship, and um, she, she the, the boyfriend knocked at the door one day, and uh, she let him in, and she turned around to go up the stairs, and he just shot her right in the head and that was that was it you know she never even she never even uh knew or it was just it's just crazy man it happened like a year and a half ago but man, nah, it's, like, it's
1: crazy it's a crazy yeah. world out there man and, and i can sort of picture what you're describing and this, and you know what's crazy you want to know something real scary mm. that's the norm out there just clean yeah. up the body and go about your day that's the normal out there. That's people don't have no heart out there. And that's it is not because they just evil people. It's just they've been hurt so much that is is they're numb to people getting killed out there. It's just like, all right, call the ambulance, hey uh yeah, get the body out of here. Everybody going about their day like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. That that's mm-hmm. the that's the world we live in down there. And these kids think that's normal. Right and like mm-hmm. I said, we're we're taught how to fight before we're taught how to write. Mm-hmm. The first thing you learn coming out the womb, where I'm from, is fight, 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 fight. Just fight, you know, whether it's physical mm-hmm. or mental. Right. You know?
0: Did you have you ever heard of the book called The Other Westmore?
1: No, I have not. No, it was. Uh... But I'm looking forward to reading it now that you said.
0: Well, let me tell you about it. It was uh, about someone I. Again, I, I don't know why I get Maryland and Virginia so uh, so confused, but um, it was uh, about a guy named there. Were, there were two guys named Westmore. They grew up in I'm just going to say Virginia. They grew up in Virginia, same town uh, or same area, same time period. And one of them was sentenced to life in prison. One Westmore, they had the same name. One Westmore was sentenced to life in prison, while the other Westmore. He uh, became a social entrepreneur and best-selling author and Navy SEAL, and he's wildly successful. Awesome guy, stand-up man, and uh, it just—it's just crazy how two people, two people with the same upbringing, can interpret it sort of two different ways. They can derive two different meanings from it, and from the yeah. meanings, they go down two completely opposite paths right yes. and so how so you seem to be obviously um what what made that distinction like you you didn't go down you it, ultimately you did not end up going down the um you know the convict path you know the cell sell dope and go to jail and die you, you haven't gone Well down I
1: went path. I went I I was such I was I was such a convict when I was a kid that I grew up really fast you know what I'm saying like yeah. i was i was going to i was going to detention homes at 11 years old like mm. like that's like jail for children
0: and you you knew you you said you know you i don't want to do that is that what you're saying
1: no i i, I wasn't saying that because i didn't care i didn't mm. care you know i i when i met like i said when i met alexander that's when all this football stuff was introduced to in me. I've never heard none of – I mean, we play it in the, in the hood, you know. We play it in the hood, you know. Uh, we play full court. We play throwback and run. But we ain't really thinking about going to no NFL or no NBA. Not where I'm from. We thinking about becoming a kingpin, like Pablo Escobar, like – like, uh, what's his name? El Chapo, yeah. You know, we thinking about these guys. We thinking about getting rich like these guys. Like, that's what we want. Like, because cause the NBA money and all that, that was, that's chump change. We knew people that could make that in one day. We knew people that could make $3 million in one day selling crap. Mm-hmm. Three million. Yeah. You know, so that was chump change what the athletes was making. We weren't even on that. We were trying to get the fast and easy money because that's all we knew. That's all we saw. You know, we we, we, we didn't have no doctor or lawyer or, or or anybody to come through our neighborhood and say, "Hey, this this what you need to be doing." But that's why I'm here now. That's why that's why I was created. I feel like because I'm a I'm a guy that these kids will listen to because I look just like them, I act just like them, but I carry myself in a different manner to show them that you don't have to take this path.
0: Right,
1: it's okay to read, bro. It's okay to go to school and make all A's that don't make you cool because you, that doesn't make you a lame or a clown because you're not making all A's. because you're making all A's. Excuse me. Go to mm-hmm. college. That's what a real, that's what a real man do. Go to college and take care of his family. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to get a degree. You know, they make it so they make it so society make it so, crazy now that it's it's not cool to get a degree. You're not you're not cool if you got a degree or something. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not you're not fit to hang around certain you're not gangster and all that. That's gangster to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's gangster being a young scholar and, and, and getting a degree. That's gangster to me. That's what I yeah. call gangster. Totally. Right on dude. You know, so I'm I'm trying to make that cool again, you know. Yeah, man, make reading cool again. Make education. That's all I'm trying to do, man. And people, and people, and people—they—they like when I walk into a building and speak, they antennas go up because—and I understand. I don't look like a regular speaker, you know. I look like I got dreads, I got tattoos, I—you know—I—I look different, you know. I look like I'm a violent person. I do look like that, you know. But then when I started puking, people changed their perception of me, you know? But I keep this look because I want the kids that grew up where I grew up at to be like, yeah, I wanna Mm. do what Mike doing. Yeah. You know, that's why I keep the look. That's why I don't dress up in like business suits or anything. I go and speak with a fitted cap on and a jumpsuit with Jordans on because that's how them kids look in the inner city that I can't that, – that that I'm – that they look up to. You know what I'm saying?
0: That's very smart. That's what they relate to.
1: All I'm trying to do is brainwash them. People brainwash them to do stupid things. Why can't brainwash them to do good things? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So that's all I'm doing is brainwashing, to be honest.
0: I, I it, the t- The term may not sound too friendly, but – but I love the context that you're using it in here, yes, yeah, that's awesome. so what are the causes then you're that you're before we get on to your recent successes and how and when you turn things around uh, what are the causes that you're passionate about right now as a result of your upbringing
1: uh well i'm doing I'm doing a uh, event and I'm trying to host it every year. It's called Stop the Violence Cookout you know, and fun and games. But before we get to any fun and games and cookout, I'm going to have speakers come up there and tell you their life story, They tell you real life stories that can get you, that, that, that if you don't listen to this life story, you can go down this path and get hurt. You know, I want kids to know that we were born looking like our parents, but you will die looking like every decision you make. Make the right decisions. Every decision you make when you walk out of that door, when you walk out of your door is crucial because in five minutes you can either be dead or in five minutes you can even be doing a lot of time in prison. Mm. You know, the richest, the rich, the two wealthiest places on earth. If you didn't know that the two wealthiest places on earth is the graveyard and the prison. Because in there you got you got dreams never being pursued, you got skills that's never been developed, you're right, yeah, yeah. those are the wealthiest places on earth so much potential, so much potential in there there's a million Alan Iversons in there. it's a million oh. Michael Jordans in prison. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, dude, you're so right some of those some of those people in prison, man, some of those people in prison. Are some of the most intelligent individuals in the world, mm-hmm. but because of one stupid mistake or just being in the wrong place at the wrong time, now you got to do time. Mm-hmm.
0: You said uh, decisions, they seem to hold all the power in your life. Decisions, yeah. yes, decisions. Would you say everything in life is a choice?
1: Just about, but not everything, because you, like, your life's your lifestyle, or like how you, where you was brought in. That what I'm trying to say. Like, you can't help what you was born into. Some of these kids was born into a problem. Mm-hmm. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's not a decision. You know what I'm saying? But of course. other than that, you can you, you can control how you respond. You can control how you respond yeah just because I'm from the hood, just because I'm from the hood, just because i my mother was on drugs, my father's in prison, I got in shootouts every day, I sold dope and made a lot of money. I sold drugs and made a lot of money, but I watch the drugs that I sold I watch it destroy families i watch it dis- i watch it I watch a lot of people die off off of my selfishness of selling these people this these, this merchandise, these narcotics, mm. selling these people that I watched people, families go down and I didn't want that no more. So I turned, I turned my, I turned my life around because I wanted to be a solution, not a problem.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you went on to get scholarship offers from storied programs like Storied football programs like USC University of Miami uh, among some others right Um, ranked near the top of your position in in your class right so I I, I saw you talking about USC in that video you're like you're like California tell them I'm on my way Los Angeles right that's it but you chose University of Miami I'm across I'm across the way here in Fort Myers Florida what made you choose Miami? What was it like getting those offers? Uh, meeting with Coach Kiffin at USC. Yeah. Um, you played with uh, Duke Johnson, Denzel Perryman, and Philip Dorsett at University of Miami. Love those guys! All high, high picks. You know, first, second, third round picks. There, um, yeah. doing well in the NFL right now. And uh, just tell me about that whole experience, man. I mean, I'm a huge football guy. That's why I really wanted to have you on.
1: Okay, well, uh, when I, uh, man, when I, when I first got to California, I wasn't even supposed to go at first because the reason that I did go, because when I was in high school, I had a lot of offers in high school, but then nobody really, really, really take me because I didn't have enough time to qualify for some of the, some of the, like, like the Englishes and the maths, I didn't have enough time to qualify because I was always in trouble. I I got myself together at the last minute. And when you, and when you do that, you gotta take the long road. That's why I say, you know, stay out of trouble. Stay out of trouble and, and 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 stay on the right path because, you know, it will haunt you it will haunt you when you're trying to do right. Something gonna come up because of all the dirt you done did. You know, so I was supposed to go to, I was actually supposed to go to Clemson out of high school. (laughs) I was supposed to go to Clemson, but I didn't, it's not that I didn't have the grades, I didn't qualify. Mm -hmm. So I had to go to junior college. So when I went over to junior college, I went to this school called East Los Angeles College. And I became one of the most decorated players there. And... My mother died right before the season started. My mother died right before the season started. It was the worst time of my life, but... As a young man. As a young man. So I had to make a college decision and I had to make a decision whether I was going to pull my mother off life support machine. So I had two decisions I had to make. My grandparents, my family, Nobody couldn't help me with my college decision because they they my fam my family don't know nothing about football for real because they're from the country. My dad's from a my dad's from a small town in North Carolina where it takes 5 minutes to go through. So they used to like drag racing and boxing and all that. They they wasn't football fan. So I had to make these decisions on my own. When I went to USC, it was like a dream come true. Lane Kitham was the greatest fit for me because he understood me. And he got a history of dealing with players like that in my past, like uh, Mike Patterson or uh, what's the other guy's name? Mike Williams? Yeah. Yeah, so he had those guys. If you look those guys up, they had similar backgrounds for me. You know, so he know how to interact with them. He know how to... Talk to them, but then they fired him. And the guy that I did build a relationship with there Ed was uh um, Ed Orgeron. Ed Orgeron, he coached a guy named Michael Orr. Mm-hmm. They made a movie about him called The Blind Side. And he always would say, "Man, I got another Big Mike, but except this time he on defense, you know." And he was like, "Man, I can't believe this is happening all over again." That's so so cool, he, he, it really did something to Coach O. You know, he was like, "Man, this is crazy." So, Coach O ended up finishing the season as the head coach. And
0: yeah, I remember because, I remember
1: when uh,
0: I remember when Lane got fired and it finished up the season. They finished. Man, they fired him
1: on the plane,
0: man. Oh my gosh,
1: really? He didn't even make it back. He didn't even make it back to the facility, man. They picked him up off the like when they landed he he left wow that's I, I i'm so glad It's so cool i get to hear these details <laughs> yeah <laughs> like when like yeah he didn't even get a chance to go he didn't even get a chance to go back to the usc they fired him all right man it was crazy mhm which i think was wrong actually but i mean what what look, what people don't know is this thing is a business man this thing is a business Right. And you can't get in your feelings about it. And it's hard to make relationships in this business because that person going to have to let you go. It's never personal, but that person going to have to let you go or you might not be a great – it's just a lot of scenarios with that. But it, it's just wild. But – and and Orgeron became the head coach after that, the intern head coach or uh, whatever. Yeah, he led the team to, I think, I think they ain't lose a game after that.
0: No, I don't think so. That's what I'm
1: saying. Yeah, I don't think they lost a game after that. So I was like, I was rooting for him my, to get that to keep that job. I don't think what that. I was rooting for him because he was going to be my head coach and my D line coach. Yeah. So I was cool with that. I was I, I I talked it over with my head coach, and he said, "Are you still willing to stay at USC, being that Lane is gone?" I said, "Yeah, if they give older the job." Mm. He said okay, but then athletic director Pat Hayden decided not to give him the job. Yeah, he didn't he didn't give him the job, and Coach O. I think that took a toll on Coach O. Because Coach O. set out for a minute before he went to LSU.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He set out for a minute, and you know, blessings upon him now that he got he got a he, he, he's he's a, he's where he need to be. He got a head coaching job, and man, I'm I'm happy for him. You know, so. It didn't when make they,
0: sense at the moment, but it, but it worked out for him. It all makes sense. Now. It
1: worked It worked out for him. You he know. He, the process. He, he trusts the process. And a lot of people don't trust the process. A lot of people get in their feelings you know, more than enjoying the journey. And that allows them not to enjoy the process. They get in their feelings about the results is what I should say.
0: Yeah. Life is the process, man. Yeah, you, know. you got to
1: enjoy the journey. Let the journey unfold because – Life's going to th- take you through a lot of detours, but just, man, just like Martin Luther King <laughs> said, what's that quote he said? He said, don't ever judge a man by where he's staying in times of comfort or convenience. Oh, yeah. You judge a man by where he's staying in times of, of uh, adversity and yeah. controversy. You know, that's real. It's so real. Yeah. 100% so 100%. by that time, by that time, when O got fired, I met a man. Uh Pete Carroll's son Brennan Carroll flew to California to see me. He's uh Brennan Carroll, I believe he's with the Seahawks now with his dad, Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, he was like, hey man, hey, I think you should join the U. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the U." And uh, like I said, I didn't know too much about Miami. I didn't know too much about college football and all that. But I went and did my research on them, and uh, I seen Ray Lewis. I seen how they played rugged. I seen how they was able to be themselves. I seen how a lot of these guys were from poverty-stricken areas, and they were able to be themselves. The coach allowed them to be themselves. Mm-hmm. They was ruthless. They was crazy. They was rugged. And I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I was like. Dang, that that that's me. Mm. You know? I watched the Canes back, I watched them back in the 80s and all that. I was like, that's swag right there. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, that's that's where I want to be at. So I met the head coach at the time, was Al Golden. And I told him I wanted to be a part of that. When I got there, Duke Johnson was one of my hosts. Mm. And uh Denzel Perriman, Denzel Perriman is actually one of my good friends. We talk all the time. We oh, just yeah. talked. Yeah, we just talked yesterday, actually.
0: Awesome. Um yeah, that's yeah, one
1: that's of my great. one of my one of my great friends. Um yeah, we, we hung out a lot while I was there. You know, uh we was actually roommates in camp. So oh. yeah. yeah, so uh yeah, we we boys. That's my guy. You know, shout out to Denzel Perryman, man. What's the best quality of Denzel Perryman that 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 the outsider doesn't know? What's the best quality of Denzel? Yeah. He giving. He loved to give. He got a big heart. He want to see everybody happy. And he hits very hard on the field. He does. Yeah, I, I, we played against South Carolina one time, and I was running trying to chase down Mike, Mike Davis. I think that's his name. And he just came out of nowhere before I was about to tackle him and just went across his helmet. Bow! I was like – that's when I knew I was like, this guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. And That's you, when I knew I was like he going to he going to the league. He, he definitely going to the league.
0: Yeah. What was his work ethic like? Oh
1: no, yeah, yeah. He was a he was a hard worker. Um he was a hard worker, man. He he, he studied the game. He was he was a student of the game. He barely partied. Oh he wow. stu- he, stu- he studied the game, man. And they showed okay. it showed on the field. No you problem. know when you go to college, you know who's gonna make it to the NFL or not. Because okay. they don't party often. They always in their notes. They always reading over their books, you know. As far as plays and all that, they just they always watching film. You know I who? Totally,
0: wants. I totally agree with you. Uh, how does someone every once in a while? There's Johnny
1: Manziel, though.
0: <laughs> how, Johnny yeah, Manziel, that,
1: yeah, that. Yeah, that, that. Yeah, that's right. You know that. Yeah, you Johnny got guys Man. like him that come out of nowhere every now and then. Yeah. But uh, but for the most not part, often you. For, it's the people that are focused. Yeah, focus is what I'm trying to say. They focus because guys like Johnny Manziel don't last in the NFL. Of course, yeah. no, he didn't last. Yeah,
0: although, although they don't last. They don't not last because
1: now. Yeah, they don't let la- see. Look, look at Jadavion Clowney. It took him a little. Bit, it took him a little while to 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 start playing at an elite level because yeah. now he he's studying film and and he he doing he doing all the little things to 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 master his craft because he already got the ability. So now he's doing that. And now look at him. he, he gonna, I think he's going to be a pro bowler next year. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah I think he's going to be a pro bowler next year, you know, because he he now, you know, being a student of the game. And he'll tell you, he, he used to just show up. Mm. He used to just show up at first. But now when you're a student of the game, it takes you farther because the NFL is a pyramid like it's only a select few isn't it?
0: so the talent the raw talent's going to get you it'll get you somewhere but it's not going to take you
1: it's not going to take you all the way it sometimes it may take you all the way sometimes. but then it's going it's going it's going it's going to catch up with you after a while and and Mike Vick is a is a is a is a living testimony of that he was the most raw it was like watching a video game when he was playing Mm-hmm. It was like, it, it, and and but he was doing all these things that he shouldn't have been doing, you know. And uh, actually, I spoke with Mike Vick. Um he's a good, he's a good friend of mine also.
0: Oh yeah, um, I yeah. love Mike Vick. He plays from he played for my Philadelphia Eagles. He yeah, yeah Mike, he, Mike's yeah. a great person, man. He's a, a great person. I was, it was was awesome. That first season when he came in and played, man, twenty one touchdowns, six interceptions. He he's one of my. It was right
1: after he me. He lit it up. But look what all he had to go through, you know. And, I and like it. I said, close the back what I was telling you earlier in the conversation. When we come from somewhere, we think it's the normal. Like, when I went to college, I still thought I had to take a gun with me to school. Oh. I still thought I had to take a gun with me to school because of my thought process. I took a gun with me in college. Mm. I had a gun on me in college. Because I still thought I had to wash my back. Mike Vick still thought that it was, you know, they the people, people in that people in, you know, people in Virginia fight dogs. It's normal around there, so we think it's normal. We don't think we can get in trouble for this. It's actually it's normal around there, yeah. It's normal, mm. you know. That's all we saw growing up. So when he makes that mistake, it mm-hmm. cost him, mm-hmm. you know. That's why we got to teach our children early, and that's why I tell parents now when I go speak, we have to teach our children, we have to educate our children before we teach them about violence. Yeah, we got we to got, we we teach them about all the other, you know, how to read and, and how to stay away from this and how to stay away from that. got What I'm saying is we got to educate our kids more.
0: Education you know, is the passport to the future. It is. Mm. It is. That's from Malcolm
1: X. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it is.
0: So, who is uh, who's the best player you ever played with or against? You've tackled James Winston, I believe, which is pretty cool. Um, best player you ever played with or against? In the off-the-field quality that you think made them that great.
1: Oh man, that's a hard one. <sighs> The best player that I ever played with. You want me do both. Yeah,
0: let's do both. Let's do both. Uh,
1: the best player I ever played with. Um,
0: how about Dorsett?
1: Fast man. Oh yeah, Dorsett was my guy, but he he wasn't the best player I ever played with. You talking about like in college? Um, or just all like high I wanna, school? I want to hear about the you. Oh, the best player I ever played with at the U?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ooh, jeez. Man, you gonna you're gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I know, well, my boy's gonna call me, man. Man, man, what you <laughs> talking about, bro? You know, um, hey, what about the quarterback, Brad Kaya? He, oh, Brad was good. Brad man. was really good. But uh Lions now. Yeah, but um the best player that I played with at the U, uh That I played with at the U. Um, man, so many of them. We had so much talent, man. It it Yeah, pick one. I'm gonna get you in trouble. I gotta go. Can I do it on offense and defense? <laughs> 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 All right. All right. Um the best player I ever played with at the U on offense. Uh I gotta go, I gotta go Duke Johnson. Yeah, I,
0: I thought you were gonna say that too. Yeah.
1: I gotta go Duke. Um best player I ever played with on defense. At the U. Mm. That's a tough one, man. (laughs) That's a tough one, dude. Uh, And this is the reason why it's tough. Because, man, we had some freaks of nature on defense. But the way we played defense when I was there, we wasn't able to show everybody because of the trash defense that we was in, defensive scheme that we was in. Mm. Yeah, so... Yeah, so it it was Denzel. Apparently, Denzel's apparently got to be the best one. Yeah, Yeah, like that I played with, but it was another guy, and I gotta mention him. uh, Corn Elder, man, Corn Elder was special, man. Corn, he plays with the Panthers now. Corn was something. Corn was like Allen Iverson, man. Like he could play football or basketball. Mm -hmm. Like he was a, he scored a thousand points for his basketball team. he Like, they wanted him bad to play for the University of Miami basketball team, but he just wouldn't do it. But um, he was also crazy on in football. Like, it was just – it was magical to see. He's he one of the best athletes, but the best football players are uh, Duke Johnson on offense, Denzel on defense. hmm Yeah. You Most with, def-
0: uh, Yeah, those are good answers. You with the Packers, right? Yeah. Green Bay Packers in the NFL. Who was
1: uh, who stood out there? Of course, Aaron Rodgers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Aaron Rodgers. Been oh, on defense. You what got about,
0: what about Randall Cobb, man? Athlete. Yeah, he fast. Or was he injured in that time period when you were there? He was know. injured, but he still was
1: fast, even though he was injured. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Jordy Nelson was wrong too. Yeah, yeah. Defense there. Oh, my man Clay. That's for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh what's his name? Um what's my man that Michael High? Oh yeah, safety. Yeah, uh, yeah. Michael yeah. Hyde. High high Michael High was gangster. Mm. Mm. Yeah.
0: You and uh so the guys that make it, most of the guys that you're talking about that make it to this high level here, they're playing at a high level, they got their head on straight, right? You know, they got they got the priority straight, it sounds like. Uh, some of them. <laughs> some, okay, Believe we'll leave it Yeah, that. some of them. Some of them yeah. still
1: got to grow, you know, and that's pretty much everybody.
0: True.
1: You know, it just takes time, you know, because when you ask to come in, when you ask at 22 years old to come in there with $50 million, uh, like to see some of the mistakes a lot of people would make. You know, it's, it's, you're young with $50 million or $20 million, Whatever. A million dollars, period, is a lot of money. Sure is. You know, so when you ask to come in there and they give you that amount of money and you ain't never had it before, you're going to make mistakes.
0: Mm.
1: you definitely going to do that. Money is like... Uh... The root of all evil, yes, it is. Well, money,
0: money doesn't, money's Ma- a magnifier, right? If you, it makes you more of who you already are. If you, if you're not ready for it and if you're not mature enough, it's just gonna exactly.
1: I should say that, like, money don't do nothing but expose who you really are. Yeah, like, but if, if a, you got a drug problem and you mm-hmm. get a lot of money, you're gonna have a drug problem. Yeah,
0: but then I think the other way around, the opposite is true. If you're, if you're giving.
1: And you're a mature
0: guy. If you're giving, you just like LeBron James, LeBron James,
1: LeBron James just built the school, man. Yeah, he did. Like awesome. And then over that, not only that, he got all his friends jobs, man. Mm. Like LeBron is a a great, a great, you know, guy. And also uh, Greg Olson from the Panthers. Oh, yeah. Greg do a lot of community stuff and you know he, he's very I'm surprised he ain't never won Man of the Year, you know. Yeah, but,
0: uh, well, Man of the Year. hmm
1: I'm surprised he ain't never win that, but I'm I'm shocked that he ain't no and he's a you guy. You know. But
0: uh Oh he is? I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, so, oh.
0: so yeah. So what about uh you got in your bio, no grind, no shine. Tell me about that.
1: No grind, no shine?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I'm a firm believer in you work for everything. Nothing's never gonna be given to you. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. You have like you nothing. If you don't grind, you will not shine. That is is that is that simple. You have to you have to put in work if you If you if you want to be successful,
0: Mm -hmm. I think people I say this all the time, they're stuck in the trap of just waiting and hoping, wishing for things to fall in their lap. They're almost expecting that things are going to fall in their lap when in reality, what you want is not going to fall in your lap. It's going to fall maybe 10 yards to the left and you got to get up, put in the work to get there and let it fall in your lap. Over there, ten yards away. But well, you gotta
1: get them. Let them with- keep. Let them keep. I tell them like this: Y'all keep sitting down. Next thing you know, you are gonna be eighty. <laughs> yeah. You know. So if you if you sitting there waiting on somebody to give you something, <laughs> you 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 in for a rude awakening. Mm. You better to wake up real quick. Cause ain't nothing in this world for free. And you gotta you got you gotta put in you gotta put in the work to be. To, to be great. You just have, ain't no shortcuts to success. I'm sorry. There are no shortcuts to success.
0: Agreed. It's
1: nothing. It's as simple as that. That's just like people that work out, you know, they think, oh my God, uh, the flat Tommy T will work or, or oh, dude, the, the, it. The, it the, all these, mob, man, the, the way to losing weight is you eating lean meats, vegetables and fruit and drinking a lot of water. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's the way you burn fat. <laughs> They want yeah, to give man. you all types of shakes and
0: <laughs> everyone falls for the quick fix, the quick money. Like I think about people in these stupid pyramid schemes, like just it's just so stupid, man. You got to you got to put in the work and it just takes time. It's a process that you have to trust, man. It takes time. Everything it takes a lot of work and time. Things aren't handed to you, like you said.
1: Yeah. It ain't handed to you. And when you get it, and when you do get success, you got to know how to handle it. Because don't don't think because you have success. Don't think because you have more money or or, you know, or you have more money or your house is bigger or, you know, at the end of the day, our grave is the same size. <laughs> we yeah. all got to die. So
0: you yeah. got to stay yeah. humble. Tell me then, what are people measure their success and their lives by, you know, the size of their house, kind of like you said, the the car they drive, what are, what are some, those are, those aren't great measurements. What are some meaningful measurements, some meaningful metrics, some holistic metrics as to how to quantify, you know, your life, I guess, I guess, what are the things that truly matter? as opposed to your house and your car?
1: The things that truly matter is your family. The things that truly matter are the friends that are around you, not just friends that are around you, because sometimes you can have, you can have bad friends around you. You, 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 you got to have friends around you that's going to lift you up. If your friends are not making you better, then you don't need to be around them. Absolutely. If you're not making me, if you're not pushing me to be the best person that I can be, or if I can't look at you and and say, Hey, uh, I need to get like him. I'm mm-hmm. I'm slacking. I need to get like you. We we can't be friends. I want a friend that lifts me up or push me. That's a real friend.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm interviewing you too. I don't interview just anybody. I interview someone who's gonna help lift me up, someone I'm gonna get a ton of value from, right? Uh, not just my yeah. listeners, but me. I do this you know, I do this podcast uh, here, like I said, not just for my listeners, but almost for selfish reasons, man. I learned. This is a whole learning process for me. I need to talk it's to you, like It's really awesome.
1: And If uh, you want to be a wolf, you got to surround yourself by wolves. If you want to be a football player, if you want to be a good football player, you need to find a way to get around J.J. Watt. You need to find a way to get around these guys or you need to find a way to watch him on film and watch his every move.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You need to find, you, you, you need to build you a team that you, you when you, we, we, cause we all want friends. You need to be around a team full of people that wants to be successful, if not more successful than you. I mean, great minds discuss ideas. Average minds, they discuss events. Small minds, they discuss people. You can't be around small minds. You got to be around great minds at all times.
0: So we're building a dream team here, a dream team of people that surround us, talking about ideas, things that truly matter, and not the small things, not not the small minds. You know, build that dream team. That's, That's what I'm getting from this. Yeah. Yeah, dream team. So what was, what was true for you 10 years ago versus today? What, what were the guiding principles in your life 10 years ago? Maybe, um, you know, when you were, when you, were uh, you know, maybe still in a tough spot in life, right? And maybe you were still a little nearsighted and, and saw drugs and going to jail and dying as your, as your life's purpose. What, what was true for you then versus what's true for you now? Your
1: principles my principles now uh, my principles now is I live first of all first of all if you if you stuck in your own ways if you stuck in your own ways your old ways they won't never open new doors you like new doors will never open
0: agreed that's the basis of my my whole book growth mindset university yes Being open.
1: Always won't open new doors. So I had to I had to leave the drug dealing alone. I had to. You, you can't drag the trash of your past bad habits. You cannot do that. Because if you do that, you will fail. So in order to grow, you have to. And sometimes it may hurt. Some, it sucks to let go of some things because we comfort, we comfortable with that. But in order to be successful or in order to advance in life, your comfort zone has to be disturbed. Agreed. It has to be.
0: If you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat first.
1: Love the process and the grind as much as the results.
0: Hmm. I'm not you
1: know, the, yeah. bigger, the bigger the dream, the harder the the bigger the dream, the harder the grind.
0: Absolutely. Before we get to wrapping up here, what is next for you, Mike?
1: Well, now, you know, um, uh, I never thought I would say this because when 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 growing up, when growing up, uh, you know. They drill in your head. You know, we only got – well, first of all, where I came from, like I was telling you earlier, we looked up the Pablo Escobar and Freeway Rick Ross and El Chapo and them guys, Big Meat and those guys, you know. we Those were our heroes. But when you got into – when I got into the sport world, they drill you with – they drill you with, oh, this hey, – this hey, hey, you can make it in football – but they don't tell you what happened if you get injured. They don't tell you what happened, life after football. They don't tell you that you have to have a plan B. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't tell you those things. They but Because they, they, everybody live in the moment. Yeah. You know, so you, you don't hear about those things. And a lot of athletes fail and they blow their money. A lot of athletes fail and they blow their money because... They don't, they don't have a plan B. I knew after I finished playing football, I'm, I was going to be a speaker. I knew that already because I've been speaking since I was 17 years old. I knew once I finished, I was going to be a strength and conditioning coach and own my own gym. I knew that because I wrote down all my goals as a seventeen-year-old child, I was before my time. Man. I I I lived the life of a person that's fifty years old that can tell you a story. I lived that at the age of twenty-five. I feel, man, they ask me all the time. They say, "Mike, why you don't go nowhere?" I said, "Man, I done did that already. <laughs> mm. I'm ready. I'm ready to raise a family now. I'm ready to. I'm ready to get married and raise a, at twenty-five. At 23? Yeah, man. I done been in shootouts. I done sold drugs. I done, I've been in clubs since I was 16. I done been on yachts. I done drove Rolls Voices. I done did all those things. All mm-hmm. I want is a family. Right on. I want, I want my own family. Y'all yeah, can have the street life. Yeah, I, I stay in the house and watch TV. I don't go, I don't call, I don't come out the house unless it's a work call. hmm I'd rather wrestle with my children and my wife. <laughs> Absolutely. Know? Meaningful.
0: So where can people find you online, Mike? You
1: uh, with you. Follow me on Instagram at M.WYCHE. That's M.WYCHE. M.WYCHE. dot w y as in Yale, C as in cat, H as in Harry, E as in egg. And on my Twitter, I am Mike white i am m-i-k-e w-y-c-h-e
0: before i ask my final question i want to acknowledge you for a second mike for rising above circumstance and taking control of your life with the power of decisions and thank you yeah so what does life beautifully designed look like to you
1: life beautifully designed are you asking me how life should look
0: for you? What does life beautifully designed look like? Well, it, it, if you could have it anyway,
1: okay. Um, well, life looked like to me. Um, you know, growing up. Oh, well, I wish life looked like this to everybody. Nobody should have to go through what I went through. But maybe it was for me to go what I went through to make the world a better place. But I want people to get their education. I want people to go and live their life. and, 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 and Violence is not the answer. No matter if you're white, black, purple, blue, green, I don't care what color you are. We all bleed the same color. Life looked like to me, I want everybody to come together and enjoy each other. Mm-hmm. That's what life looked like to me. I want to be able to hug anybody. I want Muslims, Jews, and Christians to 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 to, to hang out with each other, because Sundays are the most separated day on earth. Mm-hmm. We're we such divided as people because we don't know. That Christian guy probably don't know what that Muslim guy is. That, that Muslim guy can be the greatest person in the world, or that Christian guy can be the ma- greatest person in the world, but they never conversate because they're two different religions. Mm-hmm. I want people to come together. I want everybody to come together and let's Mm -hmm. make this world a better place for our, for our new generation, for our children.
0: Absolutely. I agree. Mike, I want to call on you too. to, I think you should write a book, man. I really do. I don't know if that's something. Hey man, I'm
1: trying to write a book. I know it'll be the bestseller, but I need somebody to help me. So if anybody listening to this podcast, if you, if you, know anything about books or how you can help me inbox me
0: i think you're uh i think you're talking to the guy right now Mike. <laughs> oh well we good good <laughs> yeah, we're good then I, I was just gonna say if you want to be glad to help you um as far as a, and as far as the writing process and the publishing process i'd love to help you i actually published my book in uh 29 days or i wrote it in 29 days published it another 30 march 18th to april 17th i wrote it and then on may 17th it was published and it was awesome i'm super proud of it i got a copy actually right in my hands right now yeah i'd I'd be i'd be glad to help you we can talk off the air about this
1: man i would love to do that brother i would love to
0: all right man i just
1: want to tell you man you got great energy man and keep doing what you're doing man i really appreciate you
0: Mike, thank you so much. I really I really appreciate that, man. I'm, I'm so grateful that we got the chance to talk, dude. And that you were open that you were we were talking about being open, man, and instead of being closed-minded, that you were open to talking to me.
1: Man, I'm open to talking to anybody. I like talking. I love <laughs> I just love talking. I if it if it if it, if it helps an individual out, I'm open to it, man. I, and the reason that I'm so open because You never know what somebody's going through. You never know what you can say to make that person have a great day because you never know what that individual is going through at home. I never knew that I was going to go to a school and talk to these kids, and then next thing I know, a little girl come up to me and tell me I stopped her from killing herself. Yeah, dude. So whatever you got to say, say it. You never know. You never know. Mm -hmm. That that felt better than a sack or a tackle or tackling Jameis Winston or tackling Duke Johnson or tackling whoever. That girl coming up to me telling me I stopped her from killing herself, I'm a Hall of Famer already. I won the Super Bowl already. I'm oh, good. You are the inspiration,
0: Mike. We all are. We never know who's watching. We never know yeah. who's watching.
1: Don't go through life. Grow through life, baby. Don't go through life. Grow through life. I love that, dude.
0: I think we're going to end on that note. Go. Don't go through life. Grow through life, my friends. Thanks for coming on the show, Mike.
1: Amen. I hope one day we can connect again, man. Thank you for having me. Blessings.
0: My pleasure. There you have it, my friends. Mike Weich. Don't go through life. Grow through life. No grind, no shine. And I challenge you to be like Mike, to rise above whatever circumstance you're facing and take control of your life. I am so grateful I got to talk to Mike today. We were talking after we got off the recording, and I'm going to be helping him to get his book out. So be on the lookout for a book from Mike Blanche. I'm super excited for him to write this book and to get it out. It's going to be awesome. And I'm super proud of him for redefining gangster, making education cool again, making reading cool again. I love it. I love it. I love it. Because... That is what we're all about here at Growth Mindset University. Being open to new experiences, making education and reading and learning and growing cool again. And if you got anything of value out of this episode today, don't just keep it to yourself. Be what I call a grow giver. Share this episode out. You can share it with the link jordanparishealth.com EP25. And tell me what you thought of this episode by leaving an honest review by going to the search tab in Apple Podcast, typing in the show, tapping the show, and then scrolling to the bottom. You can leave that honest review right there, and I look forward to it. Thank you so much, everybody, for bending Mike and I your ear for just a little bit today. We're super excited about what's to come here at Growth Mindset University. Our audience has doubled every single month. And in fact, last month we almost tripled. I love you all so very much. New listeners and old listeners alike. And until next time, my friends, make every day count. Live to learn and grow to give.